the market has shifted significantly since we got started. It has. And you have to find the highest and best use for a property. Welcome to the On Purpose Investor Podcast with your host, Eric and Tiffany Vogel. We spent several hard years building a rental property portfolio so we could have more time with our family and live our ideal life. Finding your path can be difficult, so we're here to help guide you along the way with lessons, tips, and tricks to design and implement your dream life through real estate investing. Now sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready for this episode of the On Purpose Investor. Hey, Pathfinders, and welcome back to the On Purpose Investor podcast. I'm your host, Eric. And Tiffany. That was so tame. There it is. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> well, how, how was y'all's 4th of July? Yeah. I hope it was wonderful. We're recording this at the end of May, so it doesn't feel like it's the 4th of July right now as we're recording this, but I do know what it will feel like. Yes. I will be sunburnt a little bit mm-hmm. because I will have just marched in a four-mile long parade yep. with the Army Band. And that will be a little something. (laughs) And I will probably still have watermelon juice on my chin and cheek because every 4th of July, I, for the past 10 years, have been eating watermelon. Has it only been 10 years? I thought it was longer than that. Well, been doing it for 12, but I've only been taking the picture for 10. So this is like a legendary thing. It might be nine. Eric, every year they march this parade. Then they get a barbecue lunch with some watermelon. Mm-hmm. And every year, there's a picture of Eric from when he was a little baby-faced new soldier to his current gray-haired self. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Otto can be in there with you this time. He might be. I'm not allowed in it, so maybe our son will be fortunate enough. He's got to go through his own thing. The funny thing was, during COVID, the parade didn't happen. Right. So we actually got to enjoy 4th of July like most people do in our neighborhood. And we did like a little drop by parade kind of thing. Got our watermelon and got a picture of you with the top of your uniform on. But you had on blue basketball shorts. Yeah, I had on basketball shorts, but I had the top of my uniform on so I could have my uniform picture. But last summer, we were at RV Rhea. And we ended up staying in Michigan with, with a good friend of ours up there. And we did the watermelon picture right before a huge rainstorm. And we're outside of a Menards or some grocery store. It was store. a grocery store Menards, up there. I don't know what the name of that yeah. grocery store was, but we did the watermelon picture. I, I remember I cut open the watermelon in the back of their truck Yeah. right before the rain came down. It was an urgent thing. We couldn't miss it. It was. And then we let the rain pass and we went to a wine orchard. Yeah. Something like that. That was nice. That was nice. We should do that again when I'm not pregnant. Was Otto there with us? Yes. Yeah, he was there. But he was a lot, like, less crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, it was before he was walking. Right. It was great. Yeah, it was tame. He just sat. It wasn't like... He's climbing up walls. <laughs> ...being at the zoo every day. Right. Oh, anyways, right. I really hope you had a great 4th of July and that you got to celebrate America's independence. If you're listening from another country and you don't know anything about the 4th of July, Google YouTube, then YouTube a video of Washington, D.C. 4th of July celebration. I'll probably get a good idea and understanding of that. Anyways. Yeah. Today we're talking about some changes in our business. We took a new strategy with... Well, they're not new changes that we're just now making. Right. But but it's like a strategic overhaul. Yeah. 
that has been happening for the past year and a half or so? Well, I I guess I'm saying a new change in the storyline that we've been sharing. Okay. So traditionally, up until now in our story, we bought houses mostly off the MLS. I think at that point, everything had been off the MLS, but Mm -hmm. most of our houses came from the MLS. We would burr them. So we'd buy them, fix them up, add a bedroom or a bathroom if we could, and then get a tenant in, rent it out, refinance it, take the cash that we as much cash as we could to uh, pay down loans and credit card debt and all that. And or then, to put it toward the next property. Right. That was our strategy. But in July of 2020, the market started to shift and we purchased this property. We're going to call it the Smelly House because I remember walking through being quite large and pregnant and talking to our hard money, hard money lender and saying, and this house just stinks. And we hadn't told it. Or actually, I wasn't large and pregnant. I was, we had just found out. Mm-hmm. I'm misremembering. But I kept complaining about how much it smelled. Yep. And they didn't know we were pregnant. So here he is walking through the house with us. And we're trying to get him to finance. And I'm like, gosh, it just smells so bad. I'm so sorry. It smells so bad in here. And everyone's looking at me kind of like I'm crazy because it smelled, but it wasn't like. It wasn't that bad. But to the pregnant woman, it was. Yeah. So, I'm sure it was. I don't know what pregnant nose is like. Just think about going by our recent renovation and how much it smelled like ammonia and cat pee. That's pretty much what I smelled, but it wasn't that pronounced. That's a struggle. Yeah, it's rough. Mm. So July of 2020, we bought this house. We knew we wanted it. It's in a upcoming part of town. So not fully, I guess, gentrified yet. So we knew there was a lot of opportunity. And when you did your walkthrough inspection, you saw a great crawl space. Yeah, it was great. All the plumbing had been converted from cast iron to PVC. All of the plumbing had been rerun. It was all packed. It was there was a vapor barrier down. It like was va- it was Yeah, it was great. The only thing I had to do down there was insulate the joist. Yeah. Upstairs looked rough, like in the house. It was clean, but it was just outdated. And needed a lot of patchwork. Right. It was, you know, a little was, four by four. Was it plaster? Yeah, it was plaster. So. It still is plaster. Okay. I mean, but it was a four by four. There was a kitchen and bathroom in the back right of the house. And then there was a individual rooms. Yeah. Back left, front left, front right. All and they all, little, so all of the rooms outside of the kitchen have an, an external exterior. entry. Yeah. It was very uniquely set up. We the had living to, room was on the right side. So you had the living room and then the kitchen was behind it. Mm-hmm. And then you had a bedroom on the front and a bedroom on the back. Yeah. But to get from that front bedroom to, to the, the kitchen, kitchen where the bathroom was. You had to go through that other bedroom. Right. Or go outside. Or go outside and walk and around. Go through the living room. Yeah. So it was a, a unique situation. I had a hallway installed. Right. Between front left and back left bedroom. Yeah. So now there's a little pass through hallway. Right. And you put a closet in with that mm-hmm. little there's, hallway. There's a closet in there. And, you know, it set it up to where there are three very unique spaces for beds to be right so we found this on the mls put an offer in it was a couple that he was a big real estate agent in town Mm -hmm. his wife was managing the property and just was tired of it and ready to move on so we got a pretty good deal on it closed quickly the renovations were adding in that wall for the hallway you did some lighting and we put an ac unit in yeah insulation i totally missed that there was no Central air. Yeah. There was central heat, but there was no central yeah. air. So they that had window was, units and stuff. That was a quote unquote surprise expense, but it shouldn't have been. We should have caught that, especially that far into our career. But mm-hmm. do we do floors? 
Hold yeah, on. we we laid LVP. Okay. In every room except the kitchen because it had fairly good. new linoleum yeah. in there. The bathroom was in pretty good shape, so it was just kind of cleaning it up and. Yeah, it was a fairly light renovation, yeah. with the exception of tearing down all the plaster to put in that hallway. That was a very you know, time consuming thing. Right. But it went so, by. It happened. So we funded it with our hard money lender, did a refinance after all the renovations. Or, no, I'm sorry. We did not refinance this one. It's still with our, our private money lender. So we just have a interest only payment to him. Works great because we send him a check every month and he's happy and we didn't have to go through the hoops of a refinance because we were doing right. we were doing a lot of refinances at that point and it wasn't a huge loan amount so i just didn't want to spend the time at that point trying to do a refinance right so and we bought this one intentionally to set up as a rent by the room right situation yeah nope. so we met someone on the cruise the infamous cruise that we went on who uses this model and everyone talks about him like he's the greatest thing and he is the greatest thing super smart quite a character i really enjoy his company so we we're like, you know, this guy is, he's killing it. Like, let's try this model. Mm-hmm. So we decided to rent by the room. And, you know, they require us to put a bed with a bed frame and a nightstand with a lamp in each room. And then just make sure you have the common spaces set up, a place for them to sit if they want to eat somewhere. Yep. So we have a little two top tiny table in there, which I know doesn't ever get used. This uh, house sort of became the dumping ground for furniture that we had just had, either from our prior lives or childhood. No, Eric would like find couches and I would yell at him, do not bring that into our house. I beg to differ because your old bed is in My old bed is in there. My old bed from childhood is in that house. Yeah, that's because we were- With new mattresses, but those frames are in that house. And okay, I did find a chair out of a house that I had bought previously and didn't really have anything to do with the couch but i was like let's go put it in i told him if it comes in our house i am going to probably kill him yeah so So he found a place for it so we put some couches in there which they definitely discourage putting couches in rent by the room type of houses because it encourages sleepovers and extra people but neither here nor there we do not hear from the people in this house though so i'm good and every time i drop by none of the lights are being left on in the common spaces the AC hasn't been tampered with. Right. The fridge has been kept up and it's nice and clean. And all the mail that needs to be sorted is sorted. I go over there, pick up mail that doesn't belong at the house, right. put it in the mailbox, say return to sender. Or yep. maybe we got something over there about, hey, I want to buy your house. Right. <laughs> and just make sure the lawn is being kept up. Yeah. It it's is a very, easy. yeah, it's pretty low touch for, and- for the most part. Compared to a traditional rental, we're making a few extra hundred dollars. It's not like a home run on this one. But I think it's such a low maintenance house because everyone has their own private entrance. So they're not really interacting like a typical rent by the room situation. So we wanted to use this house as a a testing ground to see, does it work? Especially in our market. To rent by the room. Yeah. So we just, we wanted to try this new strategy and... Because the house was pretty cheap and the note on it, the payment's really low. We just decided, you know, it's a low risk situation. Let's try it. And we realized, hey, this works. So when our tenant moved out of the Corona house where we broke even that year, that was in, I think, January, February Mm -hmm. of 21. We said, let's go ahead and convert this one to rent by the room. That's right. And so we went in there and 
cleaned it up. We painted the entire inside. I know we did a light upgrade to the kitchen mm-hmm. with some new countertops. And, you know, on these uh, rent by the rooms, you got to make sure you have some of the safety things like having the fire extinguisher in there and having fire stops above your stove. Yeah. You know, make sure that if there's a fire, it suppresses it quickly. Yeah. Make sure you got a washer and dryer, a good size fridge, stuff like that. And then set up your beds and set up all the other stuff that, right. that goes into it. And we put it on the market. Yeah. And I mean, it rented pretty quick. It was within 10 days that it was full. Yeah. We've had a, a decent amount of turnover at this property. This one has been our highest touch house that we rent by the room. And it has now had two evictions yeah. in it. And, you know, they weren't crazy difficult evictions at all. Yeah. And they unfortunately didn't pay for a certain period of time or they broke some house rules and had to get out and now owe some money behind. But overall, it is a good income producing home. Yeah, I think the big advice I have from that situation was it's a slippery slope and you let one little thing, one little rule get broken. And the house members talk to each other. Yeah. And so it just (laughs) one little thing that you allow. You know, it's like I give you an inch, you take a mile Mm -hmm. is kind of how it went. That's right. And it just tumbled and tumbled and tumbled. And now the one guy that's been there the whole time, we have no issues with. We don't ever hear from him. So that's that's okay. But I think we've kind of purged the issues. And right. Everyone that was an issue in that home is now been evicted. Yeah. Yeah. So. so it's it's in a much better spot now. But That's right. we will occasionally pay to get it cleaned, especially if someone moves out. We have that room cleaned up. And um, then go ahead and get them to clean the common areas yeah. and just mop the house down right. and, and make it nice and nice and clean. Yeah. I well, think... and that one, this past Sunday is when that person was mm-hmm. evicted. And two days later, I turned the room, got it cleaned up put it back on the market and the next person moves in tomorrow. Right. Less than a week later. Right. There's a big need. I mean, and and from the tenant's perspective, they're able to rent a place for cheaper than they could get a studio apartment. Well, let's just say in general, studio apartment in our town goes for about 1100, about 1100 a month. If you rent a room in one of these houses, it's about $700 a month. And that includes utilities. Yeah. It includes every utility. And if you move into a studio apartment in our town, $1,100, you're still going to have that, you know, three, 400 bucks. Yeah. Of, and of power, extra utilities. water, gas. So we include the core utilities and internet. Mm-hmm. We don't include TV. That's, that's right. If they want to have Netflix or any of that that's on them, but it's a win-win because they're able to afford something that fits within their price range. That's in that seven eight hundred dollar range. But they're also agreeing to some parameters: no overnight guests, no drugs, no smoking in the house. You have to share bathrooms. Some of them, some yeah. of them have private bathrooms, but those rooms cost a little more. They're giving up a little comfort so that they can be somewhere that is affordable. Right. And honestly, some of these rooms are rooms that I would stay in. Yeah. Because you know, especially the rooms that have private baths. Yeah. They're very decent. Well, and and we, nicely set up. We only allow single people. So it's not mm. families or anything like that. Right. And we just had someone booted from a house because they had some extra people living with yeah. them. You know, there are definitely rules they have to follow. Right. I feel like it's kind of like an Airbnb situation. It's more high touch. It's more effort for us to keep it going. But the return that we get on it is so much more significant. Right. That it's worth that extra touch. So the Corona house, you know, as a straight rental, it would go 1100 maybe 1300 a month yep. as a straight rental. As a rent by the room house, Tiffany, what's that going for? Let me look real quick. 
It's about almost two grand. We still have to pay the utilities on that, but it might cash flow four hundred dollars as a straight rental, but as a nine hundred as, as a rent by the room, we're cash flowing nine hundred. Yeah, so I think we're doubling the cash flow by doing it this right. way. I think for us, what this allowed us to do was to get to our financial freedom number faster with fewer homes. Mm-hmm. We have twenty nine doors because we rent some of these houses by the room. Mm-hmm. If we had 29 properties, we would probably be spending the same amount of time. Does that I, make, you I, get what I'm saying? I do agree with that, you know, with maintenance requests. And right. Different things happening with turnovers and, yeah. and whatnot. So, right. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's the same amount of time total if you look at the total number of doors versus the number of properties. Mm-hmm. We tried it on these two and it worked well. It was doing well. And we ended up going into a partnership with someone and buying a house and setting it up as a rent by the room. And then ultimately, you know, we ended up selling that house. Yeah. It was a great house to rent by the room. It's just, you know, we needed to get out of that partnership and we ended up just selling that house. That was another one that we did. But the next one we did has been so, a huge Yeah, huge win this for was us. a, it was our first house that we bought. So it's the house, it's a three bedroom, two bath house. It was a two one when we bought it. Mm-hmm. And it's got the two one garage apartment. Yeah, we call this the snake house. I yeah. don't know if we've called it the snake house in the past. Let's call it the snake house because I found a huge snake skin in the attic. I think I even posted a, a short yeah, video clip gross. of that in, in a previous episode. So Yeah, so we were going to sell it and we were in the process of selling it, but realized, well, we could also keep it and convert it to rent by the room. And the way the house was set up, there was a separate dining room and living room. So you easily I had my contractor in. throw up some walls and some doors, and the three-bedroom, two-bath house is now a five-bedroom, two-bath. And then we've got two more units. And then two units in the detached garage. Yeah. So, so it became a seven-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. And that one... As a straight rental, that property would have two rental incomes there, right? Right. The two-bedroom apartment would rent for about 900 a month, 1000 a month, and then the house would rent for about... 1400 Yeah. So all in about $2,200, $2,300 a month gross between the two. Right. And then as a rent by the room, it brings in 4000 a yeah. month. Yeah. Right. So instead of having a cash flow of about 1200 a month, we're now a cash flow of about 2800 25 2500 a month. Yeah. And that's just with one property. Right. And we have been trying to grow that a little bit while also writing the book and grow our online platform. I think with that house in particular, we talked about, you know, we spent all this time and all this effort to get $200 a month back when we first bought it. Right. But now we're clearing so much more that it it covers our mortgage and then some on our personal house, not just the mortgage on the the rental. So I guess my point is the market has shifted significantly since we got started. It has. And you have to find the highest and best use for a property. You know, is it doing Airbnbs? And that's something we're considering doing. And by the time this episode launches, we might have a up and running Airbnb. Airbnb might not be feasible in your market. Renting by the room might not be feasible. Having the right parking situation is key to making this work. Yeah. And these houses are all in a situation where street parking's okay or there's enough parking in the driveway. So there's a lot that goes into making sure that the strategy works. That's right. But is there a creative and unique way you can purchase and rent a property in order to get to your goals? I want to say this was just another tool in our toolbox of something we could do 
And we'll talk in the future on another episode about our latest purchase, but we bought it with the intention of renting it by the room. So we were fine paying market price. And we paid market price. And it hurt because... And a lot of our investor friends are like, you still buying houses? Like, yeah, we're buying houses. Like, oh, you bought that one. I saw that one was on the market. Did you pay that? I was like, yeah, we paid that. (laughs) And I feel like it's probably already gone up in value. But we we were able to add a bathroom and a bedroom, so that Mm -hmm. helps. But being able to approach things with a different viewpoint can be the difference between achieving your dream life and not. One of the things I've heard lately that is really playing at my brain for some of newer investors is leasing a property with the permission of the owner. Make sure you're not doing this in a shady way. But taking a lease from the owner called a master lease and then adding in the furniture and making it an Airbnb. So that way you don't have to have the cash to purchase the property. You're putting in maybe $20,000 in furniture to furnish it. Well, maybe. So go with me here. You could essentially even not even have to do that. Okay. You could go to a furniture rental store. I'm just saying, say you have zero money and you have all the ambition, right? Yeah. And you rent this house from a person and they give you the permission to set it up, right? So you're renting it with the ultimate outcome that you're going to set it up as a Airbnb. It's called rental arbitrage. Right. And so you take it and you rent it out and you fill it up with all this furniture from, let's say, like Aaron's or Rent-A-Center or something like that. And now you just have a monthly note to pay for all these beds and dressers right. and, and tables it's a risky and, strategy. and stuff. This is probably the highest risk one, right? Yeah. So let's say you have a $900 a month rental obligation from the store that you furnish the house with, and you have a $1,200 a month obligation to pay that landlord. That landlord. So you're $2,100 a month all in, but that Airbnb might gross you $4,500 right. a month. And that's a way for you to get in there and set up this house as a Airbnb with very little money in. And if you have the cash to buy $20,000 worth of furniture Mm -hmm. or put it on a credit card with zero interest, however... Oh, those rental stores are going to be a lot higher interest than a credit card, I I assume. So So. (laughs) if I was starting out today, that's what I would do. Get a 0% intro credit card. If they can qualify, but yes. Right, right. Buy the furniture that I need. And honestly, we used a lot of our old furniture in our property. So leverage your furniture as much as you can if you have extra stuff. If I were going into this with very, very, very little money, I would be at yard sales. Yeah. I would be at yard sales looking for furniture that was unique and clean. Right. And I would design a Airbnb or a short-term rental of sorts that was themed in some way right. where it looks like it's supposed to be there yeah. in that particular way. Right. Maybe you're setting up some type of, you know, themed house and each room is a different Victorian area or, you right. know, maybe there's a Renaissance room or a yeah. Victorian room. There are so many ways for you to come into this hot market mm-hmm. and still win. Right. There really is. So take your whatever you have, make that investment in the furniture. If you think about the cash on cash return. Like, let's say you put 20 in, but you're making two grand a month. Mm-hmm. You've paid yourself back in the first year. Oh, right. And then after that, you're just reaping in a buku of money. And yeah, you're not getting some of the benefits that homeownership and renting has. Mm-hmm. But you're solving a problem for that landlord because they have a steady renter that 
is reliable and paying the rent on time. Your guests are getting a good experience. I don't know how to be an Airbnb host. I would figure that out and research it. I know there's tons of books out there. Mm-hmm. But if I was starting out, I would find something like that to leverage the tools in my toolbox. And it might not be buying houses. It might be renting them and then subleasing them with permission of the owner. I want to make that very clear. And then using that to produce income to, to later buy right. that property from that landlord, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Or maybe that produces enough income to buy the neighbor's house or right. or buy your next house that you live in for a year and then you move out. and Or it's just it funds the furniture for the next one. Right. And then you don't have to put up. Yeah, there's so many ways for you to snowball. There are two things that you got to know in order for that to begin. You got to know where you're rolling that snowball towards, and you got to know how to start rolling your snowball. So you got to start somewhere, and you got to know where you're going with it. Right. So have that end in mind. Have that roadmap established. Have your 10 things listed. All of the tools that we talked about in season one and and building up through, have all of that figured out. Know where you're going to start building your snowball and know where you're going to be rolling your snowball yeah. towards. Yeah, and I just want to add, this is not something I dreamed up on my own one afternoon. I heard this on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, it was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great strategy, going this Airbnb model. Mm-hmm. We heard from a friend about renting by the room, and we pursued that. Mm-hmm. It's all in network and education. That you come up with these ideas. You don't have to be a genius. I just heard it on a podcast and I was like, hey, that's a really cool strategy. And I know exactly the person I want to tell about it. Yeah. And if someone that you listen to or study or follow says that their, you know, their content's original idea and most of it might be, but the will was invented a long time ago and the will has been reinvented many, many, many different ways and times. So just know that Most of the time you hear something educational or something unique or brilliant, it's probably something they have heard from someone else and they're sharing it. Modified something. And and modified it in some way. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's because they probably have different audiences. And the goal of any of this educational podcast realm is that we reach as many people as possible. You know, we're reaching a different audience than another podcast that's happening right now. And I would love to say that all podcasts probably have a similar goal, and that's to reach as many people as possible to influence in the best way as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't make any money off the podcast, yeah. and we're okay with that because our goal is that we can inspire you to make decisions that will change your life for the better, right? So that you can live your best dream life, yeah, as possible, right? Yeah, I mean, I think sharing ideas like that is where that abundance mindset comes in because. Mm-hmm. I could hold on to this and be like, I'm going to go take that strategy and do it. Yeah. But instead, it's like, no, I, I have a friend who does Airbnbs already. So let me tell her about this as she's building her portfolio. Could be a great avenue for her to get in the game mm-hmm. without having to invest a lot of cash. And right. So it's just you he- listen to podcasts, read books, take the ideas and share them because I think that's where abundance really comes in. That's right. I'm talking about where are you rolling your snowball and how big is it going to get and where is it going? We're going to be talking a lot about smart goals for success on next week's episode. So episode 22 is going to be smart goals for success. What does smart goal stand for? It's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. All right. So So it's it's very clearly defined goals that are abound with those five Letters? Yes. Or is it four letters? Five. S-M-R- Can you count? S-M-R-T. 
Smart. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the long A in there. Yeah. But please join us next week while we talk about please, episode 22. Please pray for us because we plan to homeschool our children and they're going to need a lot of help. They're going to be very SMRT. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks y'all for hanging out with us and listening to us talk about how we changed our strategy to reach our goals. What lessons can you take from this conversation and apply to your life? Don't let the time you just invested go to waste. You only get one life, so live it purposely. That's all we have for you today. See you next time. Are you ready to discover and build your dream life? then it's time to become a Pathfinder. Head over to onpurposeinvestor.com and sign up for our newsletter to get tips and tricks to help you find your path and get the latest from our blog. If you haven't already, we'd really appreciate an honest review on your favorite podcast app. If you're enjoying this show, share it with friends, family, and fellow investors. See you next time at the On Purpose Investor Podcast.